When planning the road to success, there are a few steps to keep in mind. Identifying and solving the cause, facing and embracing change, goal setting, and being accountable. We'll talk about this today on Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. New and healthier habits lead to prosperity in all areas of your life and business. Now, here's your host, Chris Salem. Well, welcome to Sustainable Success. Hope everyone is having a prosperous week. We are just a few weeks away from Christmas and the end of the year. It's hard to believe. But again, uh, there. If for those that are out there, as you know, through Sustainable Success, we are a firm believer. If you're looking to really plan the business and life of your dreams, it all comes down to operating within the solution rather than manage the problem. And that's also making sure that you have a specific game plan in place. That's not only for your personal business, but also your life. So again, there's still time to get your your life and business uh, strategy and goals put together. And it's not just listing down a few goals. It's really getting specific to what exactly you want to accomplish and then breaking that down annually, quarterly, uh, you know, monthly, weekly, and daily. Now, you may ask, how do you go about knowing each and every day what you're going to do? Well, there are going to be certain things that you are going to do, but it's important that you have a specific plan. If you need any help, you can reach out to us here at Sustainable Success. We'll be happy to help. This is an area that we excel in, and we'd be happy to see what you're looking to do, and we'll provide you some insight or direction to how to about go about doing that. You can reach us here at Sustainable Success or Chris at Christopher Salem. So today's uh, show is being brought to you by Empowered Fathers in Action, a 501c3 organization dedicated to strengthening the father-son bonding process. They're also uh, committed to helping families shift their behavior modifications towards interdependency versus codependency. So again, they're doing some wonderful things to create interdependency in the home, which carries out to creating interdependent communities as well as interdependent businesses. Check them out at www.efamovement.org. That's efamovement.org. Again, if you're new to sustainable success, uh, again, you found us here at the Voice American Influencers channel, but you could also find us on uh, Facebook at Sustainable Success 2017. There we have many of our great guests that we've had on in the past sharing their words of wisdom to help scale your businesses as well as your personal life. Check us out. Feel free to comment. And again, you can get a wealth of information from many great guests that we've had on over the last few years. Today's show is called, uh, we're going to be titled, Running With My Head Down, and it's not what you think. Again, this is going to be some great stuff today. And our guest today is going to be Frank Fiume. And to give you a little background, Frank, before we introduce him, he is the pioneer in the youth sports industry and the founder of I-9 Sports, the nation's first and leading franchiser of youth leagues and camps. Since 2003, I-9 has generated over $300 million with more than 2 million participants in 900 communities across 30 states nationwide. And you're going to be learning a lot more about Frank in his journey today and in his new book that just came out recently running with my head down Frank's going to share his inspirational story of his search for purpose and meaning and I can tell you right now you're going to be in for a treat because there's going to be a wealth of information that you can take and that how that applies to your values and principles and what that means to you that you can make certain shifts to really become even better at what you do and the value that you give to others. And without further ado, we welcome Frank Fiume to the show. Frank, how are you doing today? Great, Chris. Thanks for having me on. 
Oh, pleasure, Frank. It is such a pleasure to have you in today. And, you know, you know, this book was just a, a really a, a, an enlightening uh, story for me, you know, in, in, in I, you know, I've read it. Um, you know, it was one of those things I couldn't, you know, it was hard to put down, um, you know, especially sometimes I'd be reading during the, in the morning and then at night, you know, sometimes at night you get tired, but I, it would keep me up, which it was in a good way. And, and it was just a, you know, really, you know, inspirational and very transparent. And I love how you just speak the truth. And so we wanted to kind of talk about today, you know, a little bit about, you know, your journey with this and, you know, you're, you know, where you came from and, you know, because we find a lot of our guests relate to people that are, you know, had humble beginnings and really were able through their journey to really become more, but not in a way that they just think it's all about money. No, it's about the person that they become and the value that you give back to other people. So talk a little bit about, you know, some of the concepts be, you know, that led up to, you know, r- you know, writing the book, running with my head down. Yeah, sure, Chris. So, you know, I guess first I should start out by saying what really inspired me to even write something like this is that I wanted to demystify success and fulfillment because of my background. So my background is, you know, I grew up in New York, New York City. Uh, my parents, working class family, married, got divorced when I was in second grade. And I got, I was hit pretty hard with that emotionally. So I had some of those emotional bruises like so many other, you know, kids of divorce. And after that, um, I sort of lived a life of two different, uh, two different lifestyles. So my dad was fairly well off and lived in Long Island with the big house on the water and the boat and the whole bit. And my mom and sister and I lived in a apartment, uh, we ended up moving to an apartment in Queens. We moved from apartment to apartment. And at one point lived in sort of a 10 minute apartment in Queens with, uh, you know, it was a really rough part of town and I'd go to my dad's every other weekend. And so I got to really experience this tale of two lives. And it really, uh, it, a lot of things I learned from that, I'm certainly not blaming either one of my parents for my experience. I've taken a ton from it. They helped make me who I am. But what I took from that experience was that, A, um, uh, first of all, that a home is nothing more than four walls, a house is nothing more than four walls and a ceiling, but a home is what you make it, right? It doesn't matter whether you have money or not. And then the second thing I learned was that there was no way... I was ever going to allow myself when I grew up to live in poverty, let my kids experience poverty, and it motivated me to be successful, which in turn, I ended up having this huge epiphany as I wrote about that life was ultimately really never about success. It was about fulfillment, and it's about being fulfilled in what you do in your life. Wow, that is so important. I mean, let's talk a little bit about that. You know, I think a lot of times people, again, get, you know, maybe – you know, they don't see it, you know, for, you know, they see it in a different perspective. And I, I think it's all about fulfillment. Again, you know, doing things that really nurture your inner soul, your inner being, because everything else that comes with success, whatever that means to you, whether if it's net worth, money, material things, uh, spending more time with family and friends, doing what you love to do. These are all just byproducts of that. So, you know, can can you talk a little bit about the, that fulfillment factor you know, why that's so important or why a lot of times people just don't get that for some reason? Well, I think when we all start out, right, we start out whether we, you know, 
pursue a career right out of high school or we go to college, we have all these aspirations or we have these huge question marks of what is my life supposed to look like? I know I did. I was always so caught up in what is my purpose in life, you know, and what am I going to do as a career and what's my destiny? How am I going to get there? So all those questions would go round and round in my head. And I always thought like this whole thing about people knowing what they wanted to do in life was so inspirational, and I thought I was really, um, uh, you know, I, I was being left behind by not knowing. And what had occurred to me was, after I got out of college, is I ended up going into medical sales, not because I aspired to doing it, but I was sort of unsure what I wanted to do, and it was extremely unfulfilling. I had no passion for it, and the problem with it was that it wasn't my dream, right? So I wanted to pursue something in sports, um, I'm much more entrepreneurial uh, spirited than my, my dad, who worked very successfully in a career in, uh, in the medical field for 30 years. So he, of course, wanted me to be successful and wanted me to be happy and not fail. So he wanted to kind of persuade me to looking at a career where I could be happy and make a lot of money, but it wasn't what drove me. I had no passion for it. And I realized then, Chris, that... I was basically living with plan. I was living through plan B. You know, plan B to me is a cop out. That's the backup plan. When you don't live the life of your dreams, you settle for something else. And I don't think we were put here on this earth to just settle. I think we were actually here to do something, to live our purpose, to be fulfilled. And uh, that means different things for different people. But ultimately, for me, it was, you know, I want to use my enthusiasm, my creativity to inspire others. That's my purpose and how I get fulfillment. Wow, that's that is so good. I and I love you know a fact that you know Frank. You know that's why you know you and I when we connected a little while back. I mean, I instantly knew like it was somebody like I've known for a long time, just because I could just like <laughs> I could you know just talking to you like your values and principles are so you know similar to mine and my beginnings. I came from a divorced family myself, uh, you know, and just having to figure all this stuff out on my own and. You know, you know, again, coming from humble beginnings and and kind of uh, growing from there. So I could totally relate. So talk a little bit about, you know, some of the things along the way, you know, that you've learned, you know, that led up to like, let's say before you started I-9 and like where you were. Like, I mean, you're, you know, maybe your definition of success was that this at that time. And then then you, you know, you started I-9, or maybe it was still, it's been the same ever since, you know, all along, but kind of talk about that, that transition a little bit. So when I left medical sales, the very first company I started was called ABA Sports. It was actually an adult men's softball league in Long Island. And to me, you know, like who creates a softball league as a business, right? I know it was something that was kind of unheard of because most people you think of running like you play in a recreation bar softball league. You think it's run by the Parks and Recreation Department and stuff, but no, not necessarily the case. And I learned that it was actually, it, it was a business that wasn't being treated by a business. So when I finally got the courage to quit my medical sales career, despite it being a six-figure income, to start this softball league. Um, I did it because my definition of success was to be able to work for myself. I didn't necessarily have a dollar amount other than I knew I needed to replace my medical sales income. But my definition of being successful I'll be honest with you. It was tied to dollars and cents when I was in my 20s and really into my early 30s. It was all about money, 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 and how big can I make this? 
And you know what, Chris, what, what was really behind that was it wasn't about the money itself. It was really about freedom, right? Because when we, we say we want money, what do we really want? We don't want, you know, we, we don't want just this paper. We want what it gives us and the power and the freedom to do things. And I quickly found, though, through, through that business that it was absolutely so fulfilling, not just the freedom part of it, making some money, but I was actually doing something that I was so jazzed about, you know, getting out of bed in the morning and so excited to do what I needed to do. It made it easy to work those late nights, staying up all night, staying up till 3 a.m., getting back up at 7 a.m., to do it because I had so much passion for it. Like I felt like I was, it was fulfilling my needs. My needs are feeling important, my needs of growth, my needs of connecting with others, and I was contributing to, to others. That's so true. That is so true. And I love the way you put that. I mean, and I can relate to that too, where like where I spent so many, you know, years selling, you know, I was selling uh, media, primarily in the aviation industry, selling aircraft, making lots of money, but did it not feel fulfilled? At all. I mean, I it made up to some level. I did it, you know, when, you know, when I began and somewhere in the middle, but towards the end, just did not feel this was a calling. It was it was more than just money. It was really about a sense of purpose. You know, again, getting getting back to those values and principles and doing what really came from within the, the deepest you know, uh, essence of my soul and that value that I could give. So, talk a little bit about that and that how that kind of led into that trade. We have about three minutes till the break, but we could always continue uh, as well after the break. You, well, you know, it's this whole transition of experiencing your, your, your goal of being successful and achieving versus this fulfillment. And it's this, it's this transition that I get it. When you're in your 20s and 30s, you don't think about fulfillment. You're just thinking about, you know, how do I achieve these goals? And I want to buy my first house. And I want to buy a bigger house. And I want to be married and have kids and cars and everything. But you get to the point, I can tell you that when you get to achieving those, some of those things, you're going to look back and say, am I really happy? Because that's really what your life was really about. It's about being happy. And the big aha in all of this, I think it's kind of a great time for a break here, is to think that for, for those of us that think we only have this sole purpose in life, I think you're going to find, like I found, that our life is actually this purpose is made up of a series of missions. It's not one purpose, and that's, that's a huge epiphany for people to realize because when you achieve a goal and you think it's your purpose, you could really kind of get down in the dumps. I felt more than just blue. I was starting to get a little depressed when I reached my goal, what, which I thought my business was my sole purpose in life, um, and when I had this realization, look, there's, life is always a series of missions. Even the job or career that you don't feel fulfilled, you're taking those skills that you're taking, the things you learn, and you're carrying it with you to the next career or to the next business. I know I did. So every one of those missions you need in your life. That's true. Like, like you said, because a lot of times, like if you're, you know, you're working on something and let's say you, you finish that mission, there are a lot of things you can take from that, that then you can bring into the next one. You know, the things that that really played to your strengths, that played to your values and principles, things that maybe didn't work that now you've been able to learn uh, from that. So now that is so, so important. And uh, no, I, and we got about a, less than a minute. So, Frank, anything else you, you wanted to conclude um, to that point that you could really that really reinforces that fulfillment uh, message? You know, the last message I would say about that is, you know, I, I 
I really encourage people to pursue what they're passionate about in life. You know, it's the things that maybe when they were a kid that they love to do that they haven't taken up as a hobby anymore, or it's something that they just don't count the number of hours of doing. That is your purpose kind of whispering at you. When I was looking for my purpose, I couldn't find it. I realized that my purpose was always whispering to me. For me, it was sports. Like sports was a constant thread that was in my life that was part of, it was always part of me. Not just watching it and playing it. I was creating leagues in my backyard and these board games that turned into leagues. And I was, yeah. you know, beyond a sports fanatic. And I knew it was like part of me. So I want people to really think about yeah. what passion do they have in their life? Absolutely. It is so important. Again, you're listening to uh, Frank Fiumi, again, running with your head down. Again, we're going to learn a little bit more how you could get a, your hands on his uh, new book that recently came out. And again, we'll be providing that information here today on the show. And we will be right back after the break. sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about unblocking mindset barriers for sales professionals, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and all types of people to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of the problem or challenge. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the effect but do not address the root cause. You now have an opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consulting calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. We don't follow. We lead. Join us. The Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success. Welcome back to Sustainable Success. If you're just joining us again here, we're, our today's guest is Frank Fiumi. Again, we're talking about uh, running with your running with my head down. Again, that's the title of his book. And again, this is about his journey, uh, you know, and the inspiration that he received, uh, you know, transitioning from his humble background to what he does today. Again, this was the founder of I-9 Sports. And again, um, Frank, where we left off, we were talking a little bit about, you know, the importance of fulfillment um, as an entrepreneur or even even in your personal life. But like with anything in life, when we're on this journey, there are going to be challenges. There are going to be possibly some setbacks or maybe certain transitions that take place. You know, you know, in your experience as an entrepreneur, talk a little bit about those challenges. And again, maybe, you know, about how these challenges, in essence, were probably even a blessing in disguise of where you are today. 
Yeah, Chris, you know, when we start out starting a business that even we feel like it's our purpose in life, there are still going to be inevitable challenges. There are going to be challenges no matter what you do in life. But I would tell you that this, the number one trait that I have seen among people who are the most successful and fulfilled, what do they all have in common? It's they have hunger. Hunger to me uh, overrides everything else because if you're not hungry and you don't love what you do, you're not going to get through those tough days. And I've been around hundreds of entrepreneurs through my business because of franchising. So I've seen this. I've seen success and I've seen failure. So hunger is number one. The other thing that I found that I experienced this firsthand is though despite loving what I had done so much, I fell into this trap that so many founders do. I'd say you can call it founderitis. I lovingly call it, you know, inflammation of the founder. And that's the point where, you know, you think you're, you're the whole thing for the company. Like everything has to go through you. You're involved in every decision and, you know, you can't delegate um, and you lack respect for like formalized planning. It's, if you think about it, it's sort of, it's at the point we have this unbalanced power by one person, and you can't grow a company by having this top-down uh, authoritative approach. So if you think about how we all start out in pursuing our purpose through a business that we love, it starts out generally with one person, and we breathe, eat, drink, sleep that business, right, to the point where our identity and the business slowly becomes one. And this entrepreneurial identity crisis that I call it is something that I experienced firsthand. And the toughest part about having this identity crisis when you and the business are one and the same, it's great when the business is going well, but the business is going to have a crisis. There are going to be challenges. You're going to have bad days, bad weeks, bad months. Well, that would drive my mood so far down. I would go, I would get, go from being mad and angry to sad and go through this, you know, this crazy eight pattern. And I found that when I had this epiphany, that if I really, really love my business, like I say I do, then I need to get out of my own way. I need to hire for my weakness and I need to give it what it needs. Again, giving it what it needs means, uh, it needs something more than me. And when you have this realization that you are more than your business and you are, and your business is more than you and you, you even aspire that your business like outlives you, okay, that's when you're coming from a, a generous love standpoint. That's when you're really doing something of fulfillment because you have a higher purpose. You're just not trying to achieve, achieve, achieve. So whether it's you going through this identity crisis or I later went through a period of burnout when I was just trying to do too much, these are things that can and often do occur to entrepreneurs, but there are so many ways uh, of, of overcoming and achieving that and getting through it. Yeah, I mean, and I've those are some areas I've obviously, as an entrepreneur, Frank, have, have experienced burnout. I mean, because there was a period of time way back in the day, I was always, you know, I could always, always had a great work ethic. I was, you know, a go-getter. But I think what it was, was that a lot of times I tried to take on way too much. Like I, you know, I, instead of focusing just on what I was good at, I would take on other things that were part of the process that maybe perhaps were not that I wasn't good at, but yet I still try to do everything. You know, can you talk about why it's important to really, you know, maybe focus on the things that you're good at and then leverage maybe perhaps the things that you're not with other people that can, that are good at it that can make the process better, that maybe perhaps would that help to avoid burnout or maybe not, but I just wanted to get your viewpoint. 
Yeah, Chris, that is so key. Hiring for your weakness is probably the most important thing I have found an entrepreneur can do. So for me, I'm the crazy visionary founder, right? I'm the guy that comes up with all the zany ideas, and I come up with on the back of a napkin how I'm going to do it. (laughs) And (laughs) to implement the systems and processes, yes, I've done it. I've done it many times, but it is painful for me to do it, even though I do it. So the best thing I did by hiring for my weakness was I hired somebody who was uh, great at systems and processes, be able to communicate throughout an organization and get buy-in. I'm not a big buy-in guy of trying to talk people into why this whole idea works. Like if I believe in something and I'm kind of roll up the sleeves, let's do it together kind of person, but to get buy-in and to go through task forces and committees and advisory councils to getting people to buy into the idea, that's exhausting for me just to to talk about that and say those words. That's not me. But by hiring somebody that is your hiring for your weakness, just think on how much more your company can grow because as an entrepreneur, your company is only going to go as far as you're going to allow it. Again, getting out of your own way and the chokehold of any business is always the leader. The leader is the problem. Once you realize and you're willing to admit that you are the problem with your business, not the competition, technology, the economy, uh, change in the culture, customers, anything else, it starts with you as the leader. But once you get out of your own way, you have a management team that you truly delegate to and you make them part of the vision um, and you are more collaborative that's when you could take your company to a much grander level and you won't experience burnout. It's so true. And, and, and I, what I love you just said, you know, with that, Frank, I mean, I would think too, that this, when you're able to leverage those strengths and weaknesses and everybody understands their role, you know, I, I think in some ways that could play, you know, can play a role also in improving communication, you know, where we're not, you know, speculating and assuming we could be more, uh, assertive in terms of being clear of what each other is, you know, asking or what has to get done, and and it creates a more interdependent environment for people to function at a better at a higher level, and like you said, to you know to offset the, these challenges that may that do that will and do take place. Would that be safe to say? Yeah. I- yeah, I think that's that's safe to say for sure. Because really, the only way you're going to grow, whatever your uh, whatever your mission is, you have to surround yourself with a great team. You have to empower your team. You have to empower other people. If it always comes down to you, not only are you going to be limited, that is going to be exhausting as a business owner or as a leader where everything has to go through you, every decision. Um, and when you feel like, okay, the business is slipping out of your control because you have other people, that's when you need to take a step back and realize, Okay, you kind of check yourself. If you think it's slipping out of, out of your control, then you are falling into this founder-itis where you think you need to have it all and you need to be the one person. The best people I've ever had who've been part of my team, um, the number one trait I look for is people that take initiative. I love people that come and tell me what needs to be done and why and how they can make it better. Um, and there's no better person on your team that you hire that says that that can come and say to you, "I know you want me to do this, but can you explain to me why?" When they when they want to know the why, that means they're truly engaged and they're engaged to the point where they want to try to make something better. 
that's when you have something really special. And that's how you're going to end up growing your business far beyond you. No, I mean, you just define interdependency right there. I mean, that was, I I cannot agree more. I mean, it is so true. And, you know, taking initiative. And usually these are the people that when they do take initiative, and that's because they not only understand the why, but they can align that with their own personal whys and see where there's that alignment. But they tend to probably, you know, make more impact in what they do, you know, in terms of getting, you know, not just going through the motions to get things done, but actually, you know, do, you know, doing it with impact that it really, it creates value and consistent value that leads to whatever task has to be accomplished. And then, and it just keeps it going and so forth. So talk right. about like some other people yeah, want to feel value. Yeah. I was thinking, because yeah. people want to feel valued. Nobody wants to work for a, a company, whether it's a, a small, you know, mom and pop shop or a huge organization that doesn't feel like they're providing value. That's how they get burned out. So here we are talking about our own burnout. How about the people that are working for us or with us that we have to be on the lookout for them? We need to empower them and make them feel a special part of this team and, and pro- make sure that we're providing value to them so that they don't experience the same thing that we're going through. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, so it'd be safe to say that, you know, what I, and correct me if I'm wrong, I mean, you know, if, we, if we're going to inspire other people to what you just said, it's not necessarily how, you know, you know, always that we have to tell people how, when, or why to do something. I mean, yeah, sometimes you have to, state things you got to communicate but it's really being the example of that would that be safe to say like just you know through what people observe is where obviously they pick up and learn the most than just what is said absolutely i was the first person to roll up my sleeves and i would do whatever it takes for the business to me humility is a superpower anybody that thinks that by being the leader owner of the business means i don't have to do this anymore you know, you're already falling into a complacency or uh, to me, you're, you're opening yourself up for failure long term. It's not that I'm going to be the person doing everything, but I am willing to do whatever it takes. The most successful people I have been around had that all in common. They're willing to do whatever it takes. And when your staff sees that you have that kind of commitment, they want to win too. It becomes infectious. And I've, I've had the good fortune of being around some really great employees who have shared with me that I kind of feel bad saying this in a way, but I've had more than a few people have said to me over the years, Frank, I, I don't want to ever disappoint you. That's like, it would hurt me to disappoint you because I see how hard you want to make this work. So doesn't that, you know, in a way that made me feel really, really good. Like, wow, they, they can, you know, they see that and admire it. Same time made me feel bad. Like, I don't want to make anybody uh, feel sad about wanting to disappoint me. They weren't disappointing me. But that's how you truly get people to rally around you. When they see, heck, this leader is going to do whatever it takes, they want to, they want to be part of a winning organization. That's true. That is so true. And, and, and I guess when it, you know, depending upon the size, I guess it doesn't matter the size of the company. In terms of uh, no. people, but it, you know, it, it it also leads to retention. You know, you re, you you have higher retention of key people. They want to they want to they want to be there. It's more than just about you know money and income. It's about just the the ability to you know operate within those values and principles that are true to them. The ability to leverage their strengths and 
you know, to know that they can share their ideas and be creative and innovative and, and, and do what they do or do or why they do what they do, excuse me, not just what they do, why they do what they do with impact. So, so, yeah, so key. It doesn't mean, yeah, and it doesn't mean that you should accept um, mediocrity by any means. Mm. So if you're raising the bar as a leader, if you will do whatever it takes and you're setting a standard, not goals. I, I mean, I think goals are great. And I always have goals. But to me, creating standards, and this yes. is how we do things, is so much more powerful than having a goal slash hope of what we hope to do. Because when you start having expectations of standards, this is how we do business, this is how we treat our customers, this is how we treat our colleagues, you raise the bar, and sometimes you have somebody who's working for you. I know there's people listening right now that they either have a colleague or there's somebody working for them that was really good at one time when they were maybe a smaller company, and they did not raise their game to increase their skill set and, and have that dedication. And maybe the job has outstripped their skill set, and that's okay. At that, that point, maybe it's time for them to move on. No, it's so true. So true, and it's so so important that people understand that today. Um, you know, again, and, and I love the fact that, that you talked about standards because – when you talk about standards, it's what it's it's why you do what you do in each every day. That you're coming from integrity, and that you're operating from a place of of you know certain habits and disciplines that that serve not only serve you, but but that that when that does serve you, you could be a better example to serve others. And like you said, I mean, you know, if you're able to do that internally, where people are doing that in the company, that obviously is going to have a ripple effect to the to your customers as well. If, 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 if I'm true. safe to say that it's true or not, but let me know. Yeah, I think that not only is that true, but how about when they are part of helping you create yeah. those standards? How cool is that? When we get together as a team, I don't care if it's three people. When you start a company and it's only you and your wife or you and three or four people, you guys are a team. And then when you get to that point where you have 10, 12, 40, 100 employees, you want to get to that. You want to have that early on where you guys are establishing standards together. Like, what does an outstanding company or an outstanding mission look like? Like, what do we need to do to be absolutely not just good, not just great, but outstanding? I think that's that's how companies get there, when you get that buy-in from people to be part of that. And there's a big difference. Like I said, uh, you know, I'm the visionary guy, and I'm not the system and process guy so much, but I'm absolutely all about being collaborative and having that team work to the point where they are part of the vision. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like you said, you got to have, even though, you know, you, you, you know, when you found, you founded a company, you know, that company is always going to be evolving. You know, you're going to, you know, obviously you're going to stand by what you, what, where you started, but you ha- you have to have that input and, you know, and again, leveraging that, th- those strengths and offsetting those weaknesses to really be able to rise and go through those challenges that you talked about. And so in essence, I guess, would it be safe? We have about less than 30 seconds, but it would be safe to say that challenges can be a good thing sometimes because if we don't understand the challenges, we can't understand, you know, how to operate in the solution. That's when you grow, right? You are growing when you're dealing with challenges. And every company that I've been part of and every challenge I've known, when I'm in the middle of a crisis, Success is right on the other side. The breakthrough is on the yeah. other side of the crisis. You have to go up the stair step. If you think about the ladder of success, there's always mm. a crisis in front of you. And that's how, when you break through, that allows you to get to the next, uh, next level. 
Wow, uh, that's great. Again, uh, everybody, you're listening to Frank Fiumi. Again, we're talking about some concepts and how you can run your business, your personal life, uh, whether if you're an entrepreneur or founder founder of a company or operating a current company. Again, this is coming from Frank's new book, uh, Running With My Head Down. It's a number one Amazon uh, bestseller new release. Again, you, uh, we'll provide some details where to check that out. And again, we'll be right back after the break. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects. Surrounding yourself with family and loved ones. Nurturing your spirituality. Maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness. And being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about eliminating limited beliefs or unblocking mindset barriers for entrepreneurs, sales professionals, business leaders, and professional athletes to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of resolving the root cause to the problem. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the problem but do not address the root cause to it. You now have the opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consultation calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success. Welcome back to Sustainable Success. Today, again, our show is being brought to you by Empowered Fathers in Action, a 501c3 organization dedicated to strengthening the father-son bonding process and also helping to build interdependent family structures that lead to not only interdependent families, but also interdependent communities and interdependent business. Again, check them out at www.efa.com movement.org. You're encouraged if uh, you like to volunteer or you would like to donate uh, to the cause of creating awareness and actually implementing these solutions uh, worldwide, feel free to check them out and get involved uh, based upon your capability. So Frank, you know, where we, where we left off, we were talking about in the last segment, the challenges and, you know, obviously that's going to be part of the process for achieving success and whatever that means to you and your business. How do you know, and you've been through this before, how do you know when it's time to move on or or exit to the next phase of whatever that may be for someone? Well, Chris, I can tell you firsthand that I wish somebody would have taught me this, whether it was in business school or when I was starting out my business. But I was so, we're always so headstrong about starting the business out and growing. We never think about what actually happens in life then when we actually make it beyond these, all this achievement. So for me, here's what happened. 
So I aspired, right, like we all do, to having employees, having a great team, surrounding ourselves with a great team that you are no longer needed to be there every day, right? We always hear about how important that is, and that's how you grow your business. Great. Well, here's what happened. I did that. I did that and went on for a number of years. I got to a point, though, Chris, where, honestly, I lost my, my edge. My vision for the business was complete. The business was, quote-unquote, succeeding, successful. I had to figure out time, life balance with my wife and kids um, since I had more time. But I no longer was needed by my company, and it started to really hurt. In other words, I got to the top of the mountain that people talk about, and then I got to the top, and I was like, are you kidding me? That's it? Like, now what? Now what do I do? Yeah. So in my case, I went to a, um, to a Tony Robbins event, to a business mastery, because I was trying to get like my mojo back. I wanted to try to get my passion for this company that, don't get me wrong, I love so much. I absolutely love Iron Sports. But as the founder that had built a team around me, I was no longer needed. And now I'm thinking, how do I get this back? So anyway, Tony says these words. He said, success without fulfillment is ultimate failure. And that hit me between the eyes because, dude, that's exactly where I was. I was successful and I was not feeling fulfilled. And when he says ultimate failure, that one hurt. And then he said, if you don't have passion for what you do anymore, you owe it to yourself and you owe it to your company. You are hurting your company if you don't get out. Now, that one really hit me because the last thing I would ever do is hurt my company in essence, that's what I was doing. I was hurting my company by staying around. So when I had this realization that it's time for me to move on um, and it's okay, I had this this epiphany that, again, I knew me and my business were two different entities. That was kind of old. I had already known that for a while. But when I had this realization that I-9 Sports, as much as I love it, was only one mission in my life because, again, my life was about being fulfilled and I was no longer feeling fulfilled by it. And I thought back to my prior business, ABA Sports, and thought, wow, that was like going to be the end-all, be-all. And I hit a point of unfulfillment there and it was time to move on. And medical sales, of course, before that was, while unfulfilling, it was, a, it was one of the missions in life. So I got to this realization with I-9 that I think I need to have a, put a different kind of set of eyes on it. And instead of it being where I need to be so involved and I always need to be um, involved in the company, maybe I could be the loving grandparent. In other words, I can sell the company, take some chips off the table, because me and my wife, were, we, at the time, we were coming up to 50 years old. Our kids were getting older. All of our financial eggs were in the business basket. And we thought, if I look at this as maybe being the loving grandparent, in other words, I get to be with the business, I get to sell the majority share and be a minority owner, be a, bo- a board of uh, director member, I get to be grandpa, see the company, love on it, and then hand it back to the parents. Hand it back, yeah, just like a grandpa, right? <laughs> yeah. Just like a and grandpa. so cool. Now, exactly. Here's what it takes, though, guys. If you're in that point of your business where, uh, I feel like I'm kind of like at the end where it was my purpose and I'm feeling guilty, let your business grow. Let it go and maybe be have a new relationship with your business. So by selling my company, it was like, um, it was a rebirth for me. I fell in love with my company all over again in a whole new way. It was not out of being selfish where I had to own the majority share. It was no longer about that. It was about me reengaging a different relationship with my company. And now today when I go to a once a quarter business, um, 
a board meeting or if there's a strategy session they want me to be part of. And again, as a minority shareholder, I'm happy to help out. I'm happy to help out because I love the company anyway, but I have a stake in it, so I get to experience the uptick of the company. And that's exactly what I did. And because I did that, it opened me up to the to the possibility of what's next, which is really what scared me because I didn't know what was next. And by selling the company, it opened me up to saying, hey, I can write a book about my experience and help others. Hey, I can publicly speak to others about this experience and help others. Or I can do a podcast or things like that. None of that would have been possible if I didn't open myself up to moving on. Wow, and you made a you made a powerful statement there, and it's not something that you know you know people haven't heard before. They've heard it, but have they really embraced it and and put it to use? And that's letting go. And letting go sometimes it's that control that we want to hold on to something that perhaps maybe worked for us, and now for some reason you know it's kind of lost its way because maybe it's run its course for whatever reason in that capacity, but yet people still want to hold on. To something. Talk about that transition of letting go and why, why in some cases that could be very powerful and, and freeing to, you know, to, to, to recapture that energy to move on to your next endeavor or, or phase in your business and life. Well, leading up to it, I was, it was the top of mind. I was obsessing over this, letting go. And it went on for months and months, like, should I do it? I don't know. I mean, am I giving up my purpose and all of these things? And my wife and I, we've been married for almost 25 years. And look, we've had our ups and downs like any other couple. But the one mantra that we, that we talked about that we always lived by, even from the time that we first met in our mid-20s, and that is, it was, honey, we live our life with no regrets. We never want to ever look back on our life and say, would have, could have, should have. Especially as parents, we don't want to ever tell our kids, guys, don't do like we did. Do as I say. Like, we need to be an example for our kids. And we will always share with our kids that you do what you're passionate about. That's what you'll be best at, things that you enjoy doing. That also means, Chris, that when you live your life with no regrets, it means that you always do what's right even if it's scary. Like, screw it. I know I'm scared. I'm going to do it scared. That's the way it's going to be. And selling the company was scary to me because I knew deep down in my soul, letting go was what it needed. And then I thought more about it and said, if the company is more successful going forward and it keeps growing, and it was doing double-digit growth when I was selling it and continues this day to be double-digit growth, will I have regret if I sell it and it keeps going up? And the quick answer was no, absolutely not. I love the company. I'm going to make money when I sell it. And it's not going to be life-changing if I sell it 10 years down the road. And then alternatively, I thought, if I'm not fulfilled and the company has a turn and doesn't do as bad, doesn't do as well, am I going to regret that I didn't get out when I knew deep down it was time to go? And that was an easy answer. It was yes all day long. So I think people need to really search your feelings and be honest with yourself. Don't think from a selfish, this is my business, but think about having regret. Are you going to regret if your business goes, continues going up and you sell and not a high, or are you going to regret if this was, you know, this was the time, you know, you didn't have that same vision anymore and you were the driver, you were the engine behind it. It was part of your vision. 
maybe it's time to go and let go and create something new in your life with energy and with passion that you, uh, because that was maybe your, your winning formula when you first started out. Maybe you need to take that same winning formula with something, uh, a new endeavor. Well, like you said, I mean, when one do, in this case, it's that doesn't mean that the door has to completely close. But again, we if we don't let go on some level, we don't give ourselves an opportunity to for another, you know, an opportunity to open up and and you know because we're we're still clinging on to 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 something from you know something in the past rather than being clear to embrace the next. In this case, what you had defined earlier, these different missions in life, you know, that you go through, you know, and. And then how they can all kind of relate to one another in some way. So, so important about that. And, and, and Frank, in the book, obviously, you know, you know, you share from the heart and, and all these things are outlined. What are some other things here that you think that are some key nuggets that people can take away, you know, through your, your experience, uh, you know, being, being a business owner or even if they're a solopreneur? You know, I think, think about what we are just as, as human beings, right? We're driven by the same needs that we want to have that sense of security. Uh, we want to have that variety in our life and having fun and doing new things. Of course, you want to feel important and you want to have, um, be connected with other people. And then lastly, we want to continue growing and contributing not just to our life, but to the life of others. So, like, how are we doing all of those things? And I think that's a really important message for people is that when these needs that we have are not being met, that's when we run into trouble, okay? So that's what I was experiencing in my business when I was feeling like, well, heck, I'm not needed anymore. Um, and, they're, you know, the company's going to have its ups and downs. And I'm not really growing. I'm doing the kind of the same things. The company's growing, but I'm not really growing. These are kind of like the warning signs for people to start thinking about maybe it's time to move on. Because I can't underscore enough, Chris, what you said earlier about the possibilities of your future. Like, they don't open up until you let go. So the great example of that for me is I didn't have any aspirations of writing a book and start speaking to people and hosting podcasts and doing all those things. When I was in the throes of my business, it was all about growing this business and changing lives through youth sports. Well, experiencing burnout was that blessing in disguise. And I tell people that all the time that, you know, when you're going through the darkest days, that's when you need to get excited because that's when change is like, you're ready for a change when you're going through those dark days. Like it's when you're just having a great time that change doesn't usually occur. You're on the verge of virtue of change when you are going through those darkest days. And I know that all those things opened up for me as a result of getting through it and and opening myself to, uh, to possibilities of the future. Wow. Powerful, powerful. I love it. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, you know, one of the things I, you know, and see if you, if you would like to elaborate, this, this is something I learned. I mean, and it, I learned the hard way, believe me, is that, you know, and you mentioned about the challenges earlier. This was in the second segment that, you know, you know, when you go through certain changes, you know, sometimes you're, the, there's certain variables that you're not, you don't know of, and you're not sure if you're making the right decision, but, and there, or there's certain challenges that you may be going through that you know, or maybe telling you that maybe it's time to move on. You know, what is that inside of you that tells you to trust the process? Like that, tell that something inside that just tells you that, like it told you to move on. In this case, when you would, when you talked about I nine and how you moved out as the CEO to 
a board level position and then to the next phase of what you're doing in business in your personal life. What was that like kind of like what was that feeling? When was describe a little bit more about that? I think, you know, that, that people would love to hear that. Well, the feeling really, it was part of a discussion that my wife and I had. So my wife and I, though, we've always been a team, and I give her so much credit. She has supported me every step of the way. And I come home from some of those roughest days of running, whether it was ABA sports or I-9 sports. I'd come home. I would lay it all out there. Here's what's going well. Here's what's not going well. And you go through it. And she would be, you know, uh, helping me, and we would support one another, right? So... I got, of course, that was just what we had done for, you know, several decades. But the interesting thing is, though, when I was at that point where I'm thinking it's time to move on, and I said to Nadine, I was just like, I'm really not sure what I, what I should do. And I kind of weighed up the pros and cons. And yeah. she's like, you know what, honey? This is the one decision I can't help you with. She's like, you really need to make this decision because, you know, this is what you do. You've always said this has sort of been your purpose in life. Um, but by allowing Nadine to give me that space to really think about what I really want to do, I kept going back to that whole thing about having no regret. I did not want to live with any regret. And when I thought, when I positioned it again, that way of, will I regret selling if it keeps going up? No. Will I regret if it, keeps, if it starts going down because I have no passion? Yes. Well, I, I think that's part of Frank. Frank, we only have a few minutes, uh, less than a few, and I want to make sure we let people know where they can find your book and you. And I agree 100% about the regret because that is so true when we leave this world that it comes down, you didn't have regrets. In less than a, in less than a minute, you, can you describe just a little bit of, you know, again, where people can find you and your book? And uh, from there, that'd be great. Sure, yeah. Running With My Head Down is available on Amazon, of course, and it is currently available in uh, all the major airport bookstores at the moment through the end of this year. Um, and you can also find me, for those of you that want to reach out to me, you can find me on my website, frankfume, that's F-I-U-M-E dot com. I'm also really active on social media channels, so LinkedIn, Instagram, uh, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, feel free to reach out to me there. I love interacting with aspiring entrepreneurs that are looking to get started or entrepreneurs that are going through growing, surviving, or thinking about exiting their business. That's something I'm really passionate about helping others. So please check me out and I'd love to interact with those people. Frank, I can't thank you enough for taking the time today to spend with us. Uh, and and the, the information that you shared was highly enlightening, and not only to the listeners, but even myself. And I can't thank you enough. And we, we thank you guests each and every week for joining us here at Sustainable Success. And we want to thank you for listening in. The show would not be where it's at if it wasn't for you uh, listening each and every week. And we will continue to bring people in like Frank that continue to add value and give back from their experience, sharing from the heart, that to help you draw your own conclusions of how what you could take from it to scale your businesses and personal lives to the next level. We want to wish everyone a uh, joyous holiday season, and we will see you next Thursday. Have a great day. Thank you for tuning in to Sustainable Success. Be sure to join Chris Salem and his guests every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Have an incredible week.